Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Yeah, yeah. Hey, happy World War Three! Happy, uh, happy, happy hour. I'm wearing my very best, very largest fuck Trump shirt for this happy hour. And who would you like to be in the bunker with? I'm going to say Glenn Kirshner and Malcolm Nance. Yeah. Is yeah. who you want to be in the bunker with when World War Three starts. Fair. Right? And you want to know when justice is coming. Is justice, right, stop circling our nipples? Is it cutting off foreplay? Is it looking for a parking space? It's, justice is, it, is cupping the balls. Is it parallel parking? What's going on? Is, is it ball cupping? Uh, justice is cupping the balls. It just told me to turn my head and cough. This was a bumpy week for Justice with <laughs> yes. Manhattan. We don't know what the fuck's going on there. We talked to Glenn Kirshner about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the prosecutor said, no, we're going forward, but it, uh, something hinky there, right? Yeah. And, and Malcolm Nance, of course, uh, just talking about the amount of traitors we have in the United States of America now, mm-hmm. starting with Trump and uh, Tucky O'Rose over on Fox. Uh, the fact that we are I, I, re- literally in a fight for not just democracy here, but around the world. Uh, I, as Malcolm said, tweet, I stand with you, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Tweet the colors. Yes. Okay, it's a little sneaky for us because it's also the Rams colors. We have plenty of blue and <laughs> gold sweat. Blue and gold. Uh-huh. Do it. Yeah. All right, and have a happy hour. Happy hour. OMG, I am so excited about our new sponsor, Cook Unity. These are ready-cooked meals. You want to know my first six? Grilled mahi-mahi with oyster mushrooms and steamed rice. <gasps> Vegan rigatoni pesto. Four-cheese ravioli with cherry tomatoes and spinach. Hang on. Climate-friendly chickpea and quinoa bowl. Classic salad nishwa. Lemon-baked tilapia. I don't have time to cook. These, you just pop them in the microwave. Bam, you're done. Go to cookunity.com liberal. You will not believe the quality and the, the, the quantity of different of choices that you have. Whatever you need. Vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free. Whatever you love, they have a delicious dish. Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it's cheaper than other delivery options. So delicious and no cooking required. I love that on work nights for me. Go to cookunity.com liberal or enter the code liberal before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code liberal or going to cookunity.com liberal. Hello. Well, justice maybe is coming, but it's I stalled out on the 405. Needs a jump start. Something. How's it going? Yeah. Good morning, Steph. You know, justice is uh, two steps up, one step back, yep. and you yep. know, 
this yeah. week was a step back week. Yeah. Well, can we focus on the good for a minute? The nomination of uh, uh, Judge um, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, who is um, serving on the U.S. District Court of Appeals in D.C. I'm sure you know of her, but uh, I was actually rooting for this pick because I, from everything I've heard, she's just fantastic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that that's not a good pick. That's a great pick. It, it for every conceivable reason, um, in, including the fact that you know, and you don't want to go right to race and say that you know she is the first African American woman who will sit on the highest court of the land, which is a big flipping deal. Yep. But I but I want to go to race because all of the candidates that. Uh, President Biden was considering were African-American women. He made that pledge, and I, and I welcomed and applauded that pledge. Why? Because until today, African-American young girls who might be thinking about going to law school could be told, even you could sit as a Supreme Court justice on the highest court of the land, and that would not resonate as true. Well, guess what? Now that will resonate as true for yeah. a whole population and so I, I welcome it. And, you know, especially because you, you can't find a better appellate court judge and now Supreme Court justice than Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Yep. So he obviously you uh, tweeted New York prosecutors handling Trump organization criminal investigation resign reportedly in a protest over D.A. Alvin Bragg's concerns about indicting Donald Trump. You keep asking every week here, who's going to take the maiden legal voyage against Trump? Well, it appears not Alvin Bragg, although. He denies report he's not pursuing the Trump case, has tapped a new prosecutor. Please tell us what the actual F you think is going on here. So a, a couple of things. Yeah, that this, you know, justice took a hit, I believe, because you had two longtime prosecutors in Pomerantz and Dunn, which sounds like the name of a 70s one hit wonder, man, yeah. Pomerantz <laughs> and Dunn. But, you know, you had two serious prosecutors who for years have been dedicated to holding accountable the Trump organization Alan Weisselberg, and we all thought Donald Trump. Mm. Um, and, and for those, so anytime there's a new district attorney who comes in, just like when a new U.S. attorney, I worked under 10 of them at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, a new U.S. attorney comes in, there's going to be turnover, there's going to be a little upheaval, there's going to be new priorities and new focus announced, and some people may decide to move on to other jobs or other organizations. But, but this, this doesn't feel right and it doesn't smell right to me. When you have an indictment that has already been handed down against the Trump organization for a 15 year criminal scheme to defraud in the first degree and, you know, the, the, the top executive, Alan Weisselberg, for the same charge and somehow the Manhattan DA's uh, office can't get the goods on Donald Trump, who ran that organization like a dictator. That makes no sense to me. So I, I am not going to impugn Alvin Bragg's integrity or his motives, because I don't know what they are. But what we see now, I think late yesterday, they were backing up and saying, whoa, 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 I've appointed somebody else, a woman named Susan Hoffinger, who, yes, was a Manhattan ADA for eight years back in 1992 through 2000. And then she's been in private practice for 22 years, probably making considerable money. And now he brings her back. Well, I, I, I hate to go cynical, Steph, but I'd like to know what kind of money she donated to Alvin Bragg. I'd like to know her bona fides after 22 years in private practice to all of a sudden come back and lead the 25 assistant district attorneys who are investigating Trump and company. This is a story that we're going to have to keep our eye yeah. on 
and see what's really well, going on. And up I know there. he Alvin Bragg's a rookie, and you're like, does he just not have the spine for this? Like, it, it, you know, I, 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 I mean, again, it, he's saying this report's not true, and we're moving forward. But I, I just okay. All right, yeah, you said, uh, you tweeted, sometimes on the justice front, it's two steps up, one step back. Uh, we've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep fighting because hashtag justice matters. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just, I know, it, it was a tough week. I don't know if you saw this other one. Just wanted to get your take. Trump will not be investigated by the uh, Federal Elections Commission for alleged campaign finance violation in which he used $2.8 million in charitable donations to veterans for political purposes. The FEC let Trump off the hook by voting to close the case despite an opinion from the commission's legal counsel saying Trump broke the law. I, I, okay, so he specifically, he funneled roughly half of the almost $6 million raised at a Des Moines veterans event to his now-defunct Donald Trump Foundation, the now-defunct Trump Foundation. Uh, the Trump campaign then steered the foundation, a separate entity, nearly $3 million in charitable funds just ahead of the Iowa Republican caucuses. Um, one expert said the commission's nonpartisan career attorneys found reason to believe the foundation was illegally used to benefit Trump's presidential campaign. Oh, my God, Glenn. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. What is Steph, the deal? With, go ahead. Here's the only here's the only spin I can put on that, and this is self-proclaimed spin, right? Yeah. Let me tell you, if I were heading up a criminal investigation of Donald Trump as you know somebody in the Department of Justice, you know what I would say to all other jurisdictions and all other agencies that were investigating Donald Trump? Please don't bring charges because we've got this. We need to take point and we need to retain control over the universe of possible witnesses, possible evidence, and possible charges to be brought against Donald Trump. That's the way I would run the organization. And I would coordinate with New York. That's a separate sovereign from the feds. I would coordinate with Georgia, also a se separate sovereign. I couldn't tell them what to do, but I would work cooperatively with them toward the common goal of holding a former criminal president accountable. I hope that's what's going on. But I can't say that's what's well, going on. Two, two interesting tweets of yours I actually wanted to ask you about. You said Trump's loss in civil court case provides mo roadmap for DOJ to follow in criminally indicting Donald Trump for the insurrection. That's one. And then you said New York judge Arthur, uh, whoever he is, wrote in his ruling that uh, NYAG Letitia James' investigation of Trump org uncovered copious evidence of possible financial fraud. Uh, this Trump problem is not going away. Mm -hmm. um, so... Explain that. I mean, all we know out yeah. here from L.A. and o is O.J. is there's a different level, you know, for criminal or civil. So Letitia James is, is looking at the same stuff, right? Exactly. But, but it has a lower bar because it's civil. Can you explain that to us? What's Yes. If this development on the New York District Attorney's front with two prosecutors resigning was good for Trump, the couple of stories that you just referenced, were like bad for Trump on steroids. And here's why. Judge Mehta, a federal judge in D.C., a former public defender in the courts of Washington back when I was uh, a prosecutor, so he knows his way around justice on both sides of the equation, defense and prosecution, and now on the bench. He said, and I quote, Donald Trump's speech on January 6th was the essence of civil conspiracy. That is a serious federal judge announcing here is the roadmap for prosecuting Donald Trump for inciting an insurrection. Now, admittedly, that was in the context of a civil case, and he refused to dismiss the civil suit brought against Donald Trump for uh, inciting the insurrection. But it, it, the, the principles are universal. 
when it comes to a conspiracy to incite an insurrection. Yeah. Mm. So that's an important, a really but important int- statement by a federal judge. But that's what I'm saying. Interesting that it might be the civil cases, whether it's January 6th or his financial, you know, crimes in New York. It might be the civil cases that get him and not the criminal, which is right. Ironic. And then Judge Engeron up in New York said, I reviewed thousands of documents. This comes out of his ruling in the Letitia James Sapita battle. I reviewed thousands of documents and the, a, the attorney general's investigation has, quote, uncovered um, copious evidence of possible financial fraud. Now, I'm a Jersey guy. I don't use big words like copious. I would say tons <laughs> of freaking fraud, yeah. right? Yeah. And yes. that's, what, that's what a New York judge said. And that, that's an informed opinion because in his opinion, he said, I reviewed thousands of documents that have been subpoenaed by Tish James. These are hugely ominous signs for Donald Trump. Yeah. So we are still generally heading in the right direction. The investigative circle still tightens around Donald Trump, though it loosened up a little bit with the New York District Attorney story. So we need some Jersey justice. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, just two, you know, two silver linings again. The former uh, Minneapolis police officers have all been found guilty of failing to render aid as they watched George Floyd slowly get slu- suffocated by uh, Minneapolis cop Derek Chauvin. Um, the officers also faced trial uh, in uh, on charges they aided and abetted Chauvin. So that was a, a good news for justice, at least one rule. Yeah, right? Steph, when, when we look at both Ahmad Arbery and his family have received accountability, I'm not going to call it justice, but they've received accountability both from a state jury and from a federal jury. And now the same thing has happened with the George Floyd murder and George Floyd's family. They've now received accountability from a state jury and the federal jury in a civil rights case. These are consequential developments. Hopefully, this is a sign of things to come by holding folks accountable for violating the civil rights of our brothers and sisters. John Fugelstein. Glenn, if I could, I want to bring it back to Trump for just a moment. Every evening on SiriusXM Progress, I'm talking folks off ledges who are terrified that Donald Trump is never going to receive any kind of karmic comeuppance, any kind of justice. When we look at the civil cases against him, from E. Jean Carroll to Lieutenant Colonel Vinman to Summer Zervos, when we look at what's happening with the Georgia uh, Attorney General, the New York State Attorney General, and the New York City DA, how much do we need to remind people that billable hours may be the worst thing in Donald Trump's life. I mean, when you think about the amount of money he'll be shoveling to defense attorneys for the rest of his life, is that, to your mind, some form of justice people can take solace in? Um, you know, it's just money. And yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree with you that Donald Trump probably already is sort of de facto bankrupt. Oh, yeah. And I also believe, based on all the developments in the New York civil cases, that the Trump organization is done. It's completely done. Yeah. I mean, you know, his accounting firm of ten, walked away from 10 years of work they did for Trump because he had been feeding them garbage numbers. So maybe Trump is sitting in the reception room of an H&R block trying to find somebody <laughs> to do his taxes right now. But yes, he's done on the, on the financial front, but it's only money. We need to see him in an orange jumpsuit yeah. because justice Matters. Yes. Um, real quick, before you go, you Holla. tweeted uh, only the weakest of weak men like Trump and Pompeo cozy up with and genuflect to a murderous dictator like Putin. In a very real sense, they're siding with America's enemies. Um, you know, my dad being an assistant prosecutor at Nuremberg is why I have deep, complex daddy issues with you. Mm. But my point is, I'm, is there I, I mean, I know it's early and it's just happening now, but isn't Putin a war criminal? Is there a Hague in his future? 
I mean, isn't this the most clear case we've seen of good and evil? Of how how, how can there not be a Hague in his future? I mean, this is a this is a blatantly unlawful war of aggression to satisfy the ego of a murderous dictator. Period. And I, you know. Listen, I was in the army, active duty six and a half years, and I will never cavalierly say we've got to send our men and women over there to fight on Ukrainian soil. But I like the way Biden has been galvanizing world opinion mm-hmm. against yeah. Putin. Yeah. I hope that that will reap benefits. I hope there is some way maybe to encourage an uprising from within Russia and resistance from within Ukraine. But something, yes, yeah, something has to be done. We can't stand by and let Vladimir Putin, you know, kill people in Ukraine for sport because he wants more land. That's insane. Yeah. You and your giant uh, gavel and your uh, pictures of you in the army, but mostly the pictures of you playing football are mostly stuck in my mind. Oh, I can't. Uh, what? It's oh, a, well, look at the, the giant Justice Matters sign. And the, okay, Glenn. I, I got off track there, but thank you so much for your service to, to America yes. and to the Stephanie Thank Miller you, show. Steph. All right. See you next week, honey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Oh, hi. A lot of people want to know, why do all these fancy MSNBC analysts do your show stuff? Because no one on NBC can wear a Trump shirt this big, can they, while they're interviewing you? (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I'm missing is that if that you in that four-letter word were the Ukrainian trident. Ah. Oh, I'm going to get one of those. Uh, Somebody make that shirt up right now. Can I just say, first of all, how happy my listeners are that you are home safe? Because I know you were in Ukraine for like a month. and it, A month, yeah. So personally, I am uh, very happy to see you, sir. But I, I just, you know, I have literally have run out of words. I still eke out three hours a day, John. But it is, I, it's, it's everything you've talked about in all your books, Malcolm. And I keep saying, why in general, I mean, except for Rachel, thank God, coming back last night, the people are, the media doesn't draw a straighter line between all of this that you've talked about in your books, right? That, you know, it was Manafort that installed a Putin puppet mm-hmm. in Ukraine that they overthrew. He then installed a Putin puppet here in the United States, which the people overthrew, 81 million of us. It, the first impeachment, it's all connected, isn't it? it? It absolutely is. And it's just absolutely fascinating. When I wrote Plot to Hack America in 2016, Paul Manafort came up as such a, a central character. And then when you tie in the fact that this is the guy that worked for the Yanukovych government, that worked for the pro-Putin Ukrainian government, that he was there for years, that he engineered an attack against U.S. Marines in 2006 in order to get them out of Crimea, and later on would, help, would find out after the revolution, he had been taking millions and millions of dollars from the government, from the pro-Moscow government of Ukraine, mm-hmm. to keep them under that yoke of dictatorship, and they threw off that country 
in, a, in the Orange Revolution, the Revolution of Dignity, through people power. And then we find out he pops up as Donald Trump's campaign manager. <laughs> First act, I'm not joking, remove all support for Ukraine from the, from the Republican Party platform. Remember that? Yeah. And it was Roger Stone in his first Stop the Steal campaign, which was to stop Republicans from voting Trump off of the nomination because of his platform on Ukraine. These people are dirty with Moscow. They yeah. all are. And I'm just, you know, I, when I was in Ukraine trying to explain to people why the 30 percent of America, the Republican Party, now hate democracy and love a Russian KGB dictator it's disgraceful. It really is. Can I say one thing? Palmer Report tweeted that I, he said, let's stop with this false narrative about half Americans rooting for Putin. Polling puts that number closer to 11% of Americans, which is bad enough, but a million oh. miles from 50%, we never help ourselves mm-hmm. by massively and hyperbolically overstating a problem. I mean, I have to say... The bots I, make it look like more. Right, but this is what I'm saying, John, is I think this is why Putin is going to fail. And Malcolm, let's get your take, obviously, is that... Look at these brave people in Moscow protesting. Do you look at these? Daniel Goldman uh, tweeted, Biden has completely outsmarted Putin. He undercut every pretext Putin cultivated to justify an invasion, leaving the world and especially the Russian people without any plausible explanation for the invasion. And Biden unified Democratic allies to support Ukraine's defense. Thank God Trump and Tuckio Rose and, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple others are outliers. You know, I mean, they would have handed the country over to Putin. They would have handed Ukraine over to Putin. Remember, Biden got impeached for trying to extort President Zelensky by saying we are going to hold up all of those javelin missiles that are now flying and destroying Russian tanks that are critical now to the defense of Ukraine. He was going to withhold them unless Zelensky came up with a fake investigation of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And now we see the result. He was actually working in unison with Putin mm-hmm. with a with a KGB thug. And now we and, and now is he says that this is a genius operation to attack Ukraine to make a false pretense and just seize the country. We can never let this man near elected office again. And I'm sorry, it was my time to rant this week. Mm-hmm. It's Democrats. You are the problem. You are the problem. All of you who are sitting and waiting for Joe Biden to do some pie-in-the-sky thing that makes you happy, he's defending democracy on a global scale. He's coming through with what he did. And we have this society where you have to be instantly satisfied with whatever it is you want, Mm -hmm. whether it's criminal justice reform or these leftists who are siding with Tulsi Gabbard Mm. and, and Tucker Carlson saying no war. America's not at war. Ukraine is at war, and they're dying over there. And, you know, the the only thing I can say that's going to be satisfying to a certain extent is that when there's going to be a change of heart among some Republicans, and that's when they start seeing non-people of color dead in the streets who look like their mothers, Mm -hmm. who look like their grandmothers and children. I was just going to say. when they're going to say, oh, wait, that's not what we signed up for. That was I, your tweet was dead on. You said prediction when Tucky Rose and pro Moscow Republicans see video of dead or screaming bloody white children and blonde haired mothers laying dead in the streets or running from exploding Russian shells. His racist base will suddenly demand the killing stop. It'll be too late. Wait, these aren't Muslims we're talking now. about. These aren't Muslims we're talking about. Yeah. No, you know, the numbers of 100,000 killed in the invasion of Iraq 
We didn't care. Not nope. one American out there cared. These were people of color. These were people who were, you know, as far as they were concerned, non-existent and didn't, you know, those numbers are just statistics. Just wait. The New York Post had the picture of the woman in Kharkiv, bloody, looking like the woman who's at the, at, at, at the, at the Walmart checking you out, bloodied from a yep. Russian air raid attack. Oh, suddenly it's going to become more interesting to them. It should be interesting because we're defending democracy. That country is not, it's not a Nazi-run country. There are no Nazis. The, the president's Jewish, okay? And the, the, you can't the write. Dictator. You can't write this stuff. You can't write I this know. stuff. He's trying to denazify a country run by a Jew. Okay, let's. Okay, right. you. By the way, can hey. I just say, Tucky Rose Lincoln Project said last night as the world watched Vladimir Putin invade a democratic nation. Fox News set out uh, to praise and defend the authoritarian's actions. It's time to pull the plug on Fox News, and you said at least get Fox News off military and government TVs. Military I mean, and government TC. You know the president. They've done this before. CNN had the exclusive contract for providing news to government installations. Joe Biden could do that with one sentence. He can do it with one sentence. It should not be playing on U.S. military bases when U.S. military forces are in line of fire and that we may have a NATO country like Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania invaded by Moscow, and you have people on their cheering Moscow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely disgraceful. Well, you, you talked about Tucker Carlson asking for an interview with Putin and Zelensky and said um, neither one of these men runs a democracy, uh, both by traditional American standards, both of them are tyrants. And you just said, hey, Takio Rose, Zelensky was elected in a democratic election held by American standards. He was the sixth democratically elected president of Ukraine. I mean, at it, it, this point, it's not just enemy propaganda. It's a steady stream of lies on Fox. It's, it's about beyond everything. propaganda. They are, I'm sorry, I'm going to use the technical term, fifth columnists. They are Americans who work for, who work in the interest of a foreign power in order to better their future position in working with that foreign power. That maybe there's financial interests that are at play. These people, I mean, are the, the America firsters of 1940 who were holding their rallies for Nazi Germany in Madison Square Garden. They are essentially, what did they call them? The America Bundesliga yeah, of 1940 who supported Hitler. That's what we have here. They're supporting an ex-KGB officer who has invaded a democracy. Yes, You're not a patriot. Yes, terrorist, terrorist, war criminal, whatever you want to call him. You and John Fugelsang are single-handedly holding up the Twitter fight. Again, it, Senate Republicans tweeted, America stands with the people of Ukraine. And you just said, no, you don't, you traitors. <laughs> we, we remember. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is all happening in the open. You know, I, and here's what I, here's what I, I, I want. Here's, what, here's my ask, all right? My ask is of your listeners. I mean, I just spent a month in Ukraine. You know what I thought? Well, I went everywhere. I went everywhere except for the city of Luhansk. I went to Donetsk Battlefront. I, I drove all over. We investigated the invasion routes. And, and I went through every evacuation route in that country to all four borders that, that line that place. Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, and uh, Poland. And it's, it was very important to me to understand this thing. I came away going, how is this not a tourist paradise? It's cheap. It's awesome. It's 
extremely mm -hmm. Western. There were more Teslas in Kiev than I saw in Hollywood. And that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was shocked at the infrastructure that they had. So, you know what? Putin saw this as a threat to his dictatorship. And what he decides, he said he is going to eliminate Ukraine. Well, you know, the city of Moscow wasn't established in the year 1147, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Kiev's first capital was in 950 something. I yeah. mean, they had they were a major capital for two centuries. No, Putin says the they don't exist. They've never existed. Um, That's absolutely crazy <laughs> cookie talk. Your people, anyone who's listening to this program, you need to hashtag I stand with Ukraine. And the minister of, uh, you know, one of the ministers called me yesterday and he said, you know, if the Americans could show their support by putting up our flag on Twitter, yes. that would be great. Do it. Put it up. Do it. I'm going to start flying that flag out in front of my house. Yep. Under yep. the American flag. And here it's also the colors of the L.A. Rams. So we win either way. Yes, yeah. there's that. You um, win either way. <laughs> um, you also, uh, somebody tweeted, civil resistance on a wide scale will test Putin's willingness to escalate against the po population that he claims to respect and honor. And you said Ukrainian, Iraq, Afghan veterans I have met have already started planning. They said they intend to oh, make the no. Taliban look like amateurs. Um, Ukraine yeah. is putting up a fight, man, right? I mean, it, it, talk to us about what you think is going to happen. And also, I waited to talk to you because it's way above my pay grade about what we should do in terms of sanctions, weapons, what you think would be effective. Can you talk to us about all that? Listen, if there's any one thing that we should do is that we should commit the United States. Look, they don't want U.S. soldiers. I've been told that by the commander of the Ukrainian Armed Forces. We don't want U.S. soldiers. They said we don't need them. We have, you know, it's a country of 42 million people, 42 million. And that means that they, they have an army of 200,000. They're calling up 100,000 reserves. They issued out 10,000 rifles yesterday in the city of Kiev. Every man with a gun has a gun. And I just tweeted um, that video of where the Russians tried to infiltrate northern Kiev city dressed as Ukrainian army soldiers. It didn't go well. They were surrounded by these 20, 30-story Russian-built big brick skyscrapers, and they were shot at in every direction. Mm -hmm. It was a slaughter. They can't even get into the city. They might get into the city. They won't survive being in the city. Oh, but that... what they want is more American weapons and logistics. Right. And we can drop that stuff off a truck at the Polish border, yeah. and they can go out and fight their own war. And but Ukrainian... Russia should not be allowed to just have that country. Ukrainian women might be this, the uh, secret weapon. Did you see the one woman? That was like, tough. what are you doing here? She's like screaming right at a Russian soldier. And yeah. he's standing there and he goes, she goes, put these sunflower seeds in your pocket so when you die on our soil, you will make flowers. So I was like, oh my That's God. That's amazing. That it's lady. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was oh an old babushka. I thought it was an old babushka. She was mm -hmm. like in her 30s. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, man. She's, she's like, get out of home. here. What are you doing here? And this is our land. By the way, their army is integrating. The That's women right. are on the front line. That's right. That's uh, right. Out there, so they've already had uh, female one casualties. One of the thirteen women who was killed on Snake Island, uh, one of the soldiers, what border guards, was a young woman who, who, is the one who said, you know, when the guy said, "Should I tell them to go screw themselves?" and she goes, "Just to make it clear." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nuts. Girls. Okay. Um, so Heroes Bi Ukraine now. Biden yeah. obviously announced a harsh new round of sanctions um, yesterday. So um, he said he criticized Biden, or excuse me, P Putin for his naked aggression against Ukraine, vowed to make the Russian leader a pariah on the international stage. Uh, good. 
because China's watching, mm -hmm. figuring out what to do about Taiwan. I mean, this is how important this is. He said Putin's the aggressor. Putin chose this war. Now he and his country will bear the consequences. NATO obviously having a summit today. Um, so <coughs> yesterday stopped short of cutting Russia off from SWIFT, right? Uh, a move by the U.S. and Europe to kick Russia off SWIFT had been characterized by some financial experts as the nuclear option. Right. Uh, warning some could have negative impacts on the global economy. Biden said that European allies were opposed to kicking Russia off swift, but argued the sanctions announced this week were more consequential, said they could always revisit Russia's access to swift. So uh, talk to us just quickly. Let me skip down. The president has been presented with a menu of options for the U.S. to carry out massive cyber attacks designed to disrupt uh, Russia's ability to uh, sustain its military operations in Ukraine, such as disrupting Internet co connectivity or shutting off the electric power. Um, Biden said Thursday the U.S. will be prepared to respond if Russia launches cyber attacks against the U.S. What's your yeah. take on all that, on, on what well, we yeah, sanctions and what we should fan, be doing? Not a big fan of using cyber broadly against Russia, but there are places we can do things. And unfortunately, it'll betray... It will it will reveal American capability, but I I'm a bit I, I am a firm believer that if we can do it in a pointed way to infiltrate or set viruses in the Russian communications command structures that are giving orders to the battlefields in Ukraine or infiltrate their radio systems with viruses that will disable their ability to communicate within those units, do it. Do I mean, it. we can now, do a lot of things like they, you know, make it impossible for them to get parts right for their military. Right. Well, um, not, not only that, and that's we suspect that's why they haven't knocked down the Ukrainian cellular system mm -hmm. is because they're using that network to communicate themselves mm -hmm. and they want to leave it intact. Uh, this attack appears to have been a decapitation attack where they wanted to take Kiev quickly and then put in a new fake government. And that fake government would say everybody surrender. Well, I've met the commander of the armed forces of Ukraine. Uh, he is widely admired, eight-year combat veteran. And he said very simply, there is no surrender here. Yeah. No matter who is in charge, we will not stop fighting until the Russians are out of our country. We are and way, they we all are, intend to die. Yeah, we we are way long. But I got to tell you, I, I that's exactly what I think is God bless the bravery of the Ukrainian people and the bravery of the Russian people that are protesting. You're the one that got us uh, Nadia from Pussy Riot on the show. And yeah. the kind of bravery that protesters in mm -hmm. Moscow yeah. and Russia in general are showing is is really extraordinary. So I, I say Putin has massively miscalculated here. And mm -hmm. well, read if all of Malcolm's all books. All I say is this. Yeah. Slava Ukraine. Right? Yes. Yeah. I stand right with you. I stand with Ukraine. Ukraine. All right. Thank you, honey. Talk to you next week.